Amen. Well, thanks for coming, everybody. Uh, I appreciate it so much. And don't forget, tomorrow night, uh, we're going to be here at one more time. And um, it means so much to me that you came because the level of preparation that we as uh, ministers of the gospel go to and go through for you is in incredibly, uh, it's just a lot of preparation. So it's so important that you come and receive what the Lord has downloaded into our lives. I went to a New Year's uh, Eve party at this lady's house from our church and she's like the worst church member ever. You, you guys know those kind? Yes, amen? Do you know who? They're like, they're never on time. They never come. They never give. They never serve. They always have needs. Come on, somebody. They're always, and, and then they always have these problems that the sermon that you just preached, that they slept in, that they didn't hear it, would have addressed her issue. How many know what I'm talking about? And so she has this New Year's Eve party and asked Daniil and I to go, so we go. I didn't want to go because I'm in bed at 8.30. I don't care about the new year. I want to just get up and eat some pancakes in the morning. But So we go to this party, and there's no one there. There's no one there. It's like crickets. Come on, somebody. So I'm online shopping at the party. I, I'm just like, let me see if I can get some new shoes for Vanderklok, because he needs them bad. Okay, so, so I'm looking. And so she comes up. She goes, Pastor, thank you so much for coming tonight. She goes, I don't know what happened. I said, I know what happened. But let me just tell you what, what, what you're doing. I'm going to start calling you pastor. I said, because you went through all this preparation and you did all of this work and you put all these lights up and you made all this food. I said, and nobody came. I said, that's how I feel about your church attendance. And my wife called me this morning. She goes, well, Christine was in church this morning. Praise the Lord. I said, feel that right there. Bottle it, drink it every Sunday so you know how it feels to go through all this preparation and you decided because you had a pimple on your elbow that you couldn't make it to God's house. Amen. So Y'all all right? It, I changed the name of my church to Shame Christian Center, but I, I just wanted you to know that. Uh, so I want to thank you for coming. That was my weird California way of thanking you. Um, open your Bibles, if you wouldn't mind, to the book of Hebrews chapter 4, and let's just look at something very quickly. I'm not going to preach very long tonight. I'm not planning on preaching very long tonight. I want to get into some personal ministry, and uh, in my quiet time with the Holy Spirit, I don't know how quiet it was, because I was kind of really talking to him today in my hotel. Uh, when I stood up, I said, Lord, you got to talk to me about tonight. I want to be accurate, and I want to be synchronized with your will, and I, I stood up, and as soon as I stood up, I heard the Holy Spirit say, Steve, I want you to have faith with the people for miracles. Miracles in their marriages, miracles in their finances, miracles in their body, miracles in their family, miracles in their emotions. How many of you know that some of us need to give ourselves a break from our memories? Amen, somebody? Some of us need to just get, on, and how many of you know that the God that we serve 
is a miracle working God. And how many of you know that sometimes the only thing that'll fix it is a miracle? We've tried everything. We just need God to intervene and touch us in a big way. Amen? So how many of you believe, will believe with me tonight, that God will do a miracle in your life? I'm not saying you got to live on them. I'm saying, but you got to get them when you got to get them. Amen, somebody? So I want to talk to you a little bit about... uh, a disposition that is essential for your uh, prayer life to come alive. And when I got this revelation less than a year ago, now I've read these scriptures, but I never got the revelation that, uh, that I'm going to share with you tonight about this, and it changed my life. Because how many of you know when you grow up wrong, when you're raised wrong, When things go on in your life and your upbringing and it kind of brands your soul. When I was five years old, my mom died. And in in the mind of a five-year-old, that doesn't, you can't, you can't, connect the dots with she had cancer and, and they didn't have a remedy for it. And, and when, when somebody gets that kind of cancer, they always pass away. And in the mind of a five-year-old little boy that's just starting kindergarten, all he knows is his mom is gone. And so I've been to, I've, I've had some therapy. I know I need more, but I, have, I don't have time. Uh, <laughs> but every therapist said to me, Steve, you have abandonment issues. You have abandonment issues. You believe, going back to your mom dying when you were five, you believe that if you love deep and you love hard, that person that you're loving is going to leave you. They're going to love you and then they're going to leave you. And you got to be able to, you got to find a way to interrupt those internal conversations that keep you from engaging and letting people into your life because you're being motivated by the fear that if you get too close, it's going to hurt like my mom departing in my life. Does that make sense? doesn't make sense to me. That's what they told me. I'm still trying to figure it out. But anyway, so, so, some, and then when you get into these, into these internal conversations, it causes striving and turmoil and unrest. And, and your life is, is uh, constantly uh, being, you're strategizing all the time. And you're, you're trying to navigate in a way where you are into pain avoidance. And you don't want to live your life in a way that's too vulnerable where someone's going to hurt you. Or if you love too deep, you're going to get disappointed. Or if you trust too much, they're going to walk out on you or something's going to happen. And, and, it, and, then, and, then, and then we bring that into our walk with God. And sometimes we put that on God. And, then, and I, I mean, I remember sitting in a men's meeting one time and this, this guy is preaching. He, he says, your sin separates you from God. And it just sounded icky to me. I said, wait a minute. My sin doesn't separate me from God. Adam's sin separated me from God. And Jesus' blood has fixed that separation. Now nothing can separate me from God and his love for me. Amen, somebody? And so I remember, but, but when he said that, I had like this, this flashback to abandonment. That if I don't behave perfectly, God is going to die on me. God's going to be, so my whole life is spent trying to please people who I think play a big part in my life and that are significant in my life. And if I don't please them, they're going to reject me. 
even God. How many know what I'm talking about in, in, in for, for your life? Okay, and so how do, you, how do you just have joy in the middle of all that conversation? How are you supposed to be like, come be a Christian because God will leave you if you don't perform perfectly. And how many of you know that if you're Steve Hage, performing perfectly is not even an option. So I finally discovered this secret that I want to share with you tonight. Look at this in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. And it says, therefore, let us fear lest while a promise remains of entering his rest. Now that word fear doesn't mean be afraid. It means be energized because you have an opportunity to enter into what he's about to say. He said, it wasn't like be afraid or you're going to blow it. It means be energized because this is available to you. Okay, does that make sense? So here he says, uh, let us fear lest while a promise remains of entering his rest. Everybody say his rest. Now listen, so many of us, so much of the time are not at rest even when we're sleeping. We're not at rest even when we're in church. We're not at rest when we're just resting. We're not at rest. There's this constant thing like we believe that something icky is going to happen. There's scarcity in our future. We're forecasting negativity into our Christianity. And here the Bible says, be energized because this promise of entering into his rest still remains. God's rest is available to you right now. It didn't close up when the Red Sea closed up. It is still available and it says, lest any one of you should seem to have come short of it. I don't believe that there's anything worse for a Christian than to come short of entering into his rest. Because it chains us to this thing called the law of performance that completely obliterates and weakens the work of the cross and the grace purchased identity that you possess right here and right now. It's as if Jesus didn't do enough for you and me when we refuse to enter into his rest. Now let's talk about this some more. So verse two, it says, for indeed, we have had good news preached to us just as they also did. He's talking about the children of Israel and going across the wilderness and into the, and they never did make it into the promised land. He says, but the word they heard didn't profit them because they didn't unite it with their faith in those who heard. Okay, so listen, rest, everybody say this, rest comes from, is the fruit of faith. So the fruit of faith is rest. He said the reason why they didn't enter into rest is they didn't mix with faith the message of God's rest. And the reason why they didn't have rest is they didn't really believe that God's rest was you were able to enter it. Now let's go uh, further down in this, in this chapter. I'm going to break this down a little bit more. Uh, verse 10, for the one who entered his rest has himself also rested from his works 
just as God did from his. Okay, now look. How many of you know that there, there's a scripture that says labor to enter into his rest? So the work is to stop working for God's approval in your life and start receiving it. That's the work. The work is to rest. The work that we do is to get ourselves out of the situation and understand you're going to get your miracle tonight, not because of what you have done, but because of what he has promised. Amen, somebody? Not because you were perfect, but because he's perfect. Because you're not, you haven't done everything right, but he has, and his miracle is, the door of his miracle is swinging on the hinges of him and not you. So he actually wants to provide you with what you need. You just have to stop trying to add to what God needs and just rest and understand that he has provided everything that you need. And all we need to do is receive and believe what he has done and watch what happens to your needs. Y'all all right? You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Now look at this. It says if you've entered into his rest, you've stopped working. You stop working. You stop striving. You stop toiling. You stop trying to be some great Christian and just started believing that you already are one. You just stopped with all of the work and work and work and work and work trying to please God, not knowing that you already please Him. God stopped working. Because he was satisfied with what he had done. We work because we're not satisfied with what God has done for us. And that was my life for so many years. I just did not have the capability of believing that God was enough. I needed God plus everybody else's approval. Then I was good. And even though I had God, if I didn't have approval, I was messed up on the inside. And I still struggle with it from time to time. Okay, look at verse 11. Let us therefore be diligent. Here it is. Let us be diligent. That, that means labor to enter into his rest. Lest anyone fail or fall, uh, fall through following the same example of unbelief. So the fruit of faith is rest. So when we pray, when we're seeking God, when we're asking God for the next 21 days for something in our life to change, something in our life to be introduced, something in our life to be healed, something in our life to break through, something in our life to be shifted, we need to do it from a disposition of a grace purchase identity and rest. Resting in the love of your father. Resting in the promises that God has given you. Resting in the reality that this is the fruit of faith. The fruit of faith is not hammering yourself to death. It's believing that Jesus was hammered to death so you don't have to. Amen, somebody? I do believe that there is a travailing from time to time in prayer. Because you're birthing something. But I don't believe that you do it from a disposition where you're becoming more right with God. So let's talk about this, this faith thing. Faith is this 
persuasion. It's our creed. It's we're convinced that God is true and truthful. We're relying on Christ and his finished work. We're assured and we believe and we're convicted uh, and, 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 and concerning our relationship to God and the divine things included in the idea of trusting our Holy Father includes the idea that his high favor is released to us. Faith, by definition, includes believing that God has high favor on your life. You cannot have faith and believe that God hasn't favored you. Going into these 21 days, how awesome is it going to be when we believe that God has favor for our life? That God has given you all that you're expecting and all that you're believing even now. Right here and right now. Amen? Let me keep on going. So, so Ephesians chapter 2 says it's by grace that you have been saved. Everybody say grace. It's by grace that you've been saved. Watch this. Through faith. So faith is vital for your understanding of grace saving you. And part of faith is believing that you're favored enough to have the grace of God activated in you enough to save you. Make sense? You're saved because of the favor that God has put on your life. Not of ourselves. Not of ourselves. What's going to happen to you tonight is because of Jesus and his love for you. And his care for you. And his concern for you. And what he wants to do for you. This is what God is about. God is all about you. Somebody said, come on, Ken. Ken. Somebody said that Jesus is the reason for the season. I said, no, we are. And I know what they mean by that. But Jesus would have never came. If it wasn't for you, the reason God's remedy or God's declaration of love for you is Christmas. It's a baby in a manger to come to take away the sins of the world and to put his high favor in your life. You're deeply loved. He wants to do miracles in your life tonight. He wants to encourage you in the things of God. He wants everything that he's dreamed about you to happen, happen. I want to see pain leave your life tonight. The disappointments of your past be overwhelmed with the awesomeness of your future. That when you walk out these doors tonight, you're at rest and what are you resting in that the cross was enough that God's love for you is enough is it not the cross plus nothing Jesus only always you guys I've learned to rest I'm learning I don't have it down perfect Sometimes it takes me a while to get myself to that place. And I've been in the ministry for 43 years, which is mind-blowing enough. 
but the reality of this rest. I tell myself that all the time, just rest. I don't have to toil. I don't have to fix everything. I don't have to confront everybody. I don't have to be, have grievances against myself. I don't have to hold unforgiveness or bitterness. I can rest in his rest and stop working so hard for what already belongs to me and what already belongs to you. Jesus gave you his peace. He's not taking it away. He left his peace with us. Why do we spend one day pushing the panic button? He promised that he would meet all of our needs, not according to our needs, but according to his riches and glory that's in Christ and Christ is in you. So your needs are met. Rest. Peter declares that by those whip marks on his back, way back then, he already purchased the healing in your body even if the doctor has diagnosed you fatal. They're practicing medicine, but Jesus is the great physician. Rest in the reality of his promise to you. All of your children will be taught of the Lord. Great shall be the peace of your children. No evil will befall you. Neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. All of your prodigals will come home. Moms, stop freaking out. Because your kid is freaked out. Amen? If you'll just rest in the promise of God and love them and watch God work in their life, promises he's not just true he's truthful he promises that they'll come home that as for you and your house you're going to serve the Lord the concerns that you have for lost people the gospel isn't about pointing out the lost condition to people it's about pointing out the love that God has for lost people it's not to emphasize lost, it's to emphasize love. And this is how God feels about you. This is the miracle that he wants you to have tonight in your life. You're so loved. God loves you so much. So let's all stand for just a moment. I've only got a few minutes left. But you're here tonight and you need a miracle in your family. Families are a big deal, aren't they? And unity and harmony and sometimes life happens in our families and life happens to our families. And sometimes we've tried everything that we know to try. But can we start 2018 and the first Sunday of 2018 with believing miracles in our families? Amen, somebody? Miracles in our lost young people and our troubled teens. And maybe you have a teenager or a, a, a young adult that's on drugs and they're lost and they're over there wandering around. How many of you know that God knows how to interrupt and intercept 
anything and everything. I promise you the Apostle Paul or Saul of Tarsus was not expecting to go from a murderer to a minister in 15 seconds on that day when he was going to Syria. But the prayers of the people in that town just sent Jesus to go wake him up. And he went off his donkey and up on his feet with the purpose of proclamation. How many of you know that free will is overrated? We can pray and send Jesus to go get the attention of our kids gone crazy, our husbands that have lost their way, our wives that are discouraged and broken and shattered in their hearts. How many of you know that Jesus can fix that tonight? How many of you know that Jesus wants to fix that tonight? How many of you know that he already paid the price for your families? Come on, man. For your families to be in unity and baptized in joy and the prosperity of the Lord all over their life. If you need a miracle in your marriage, in your home, with your children, with your son, your daughter, a prodigal, a lost kid, and you're petrified, you're worried, you're just waiting for the phone call from somebody that's going to have a bad report and you're asking God to do something radical tonight in your family would you just come down here to the front and allow me the privilege of praying for you just come quickly come quickly I want to pray for you this isn't embarrassing look we all have families we all have kids we all don't know what happened come on somebody it's not your fault but it's your fight in the, in, in the fight of faith Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much, Lord. Amen. How many of you parents look at me? How many of you parents have kids that are like away from God and that's why you're here let let me see your hand okay listen I want you to listen to me when Cain killed Abel God never went to Adam and Eve and blamed them I want you to know that you did your best you don't have a time machine and you can't go back in time and do everything perfect you did the best you could and and the Lord knows how to interrupt and intercept the mistakes that we've made nobody's perfect but Jesus's love is perfect and his love can cast out what your imperfect upbringing did in the life of your child amen so you're not going to do anybody any good if you're in shame you're all messed up about it amen what we do is we pray that all of our children will be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of our children in fact every parent that has a prodigal son or daughter will you come up on the platform real quick just come up here I know you maybe you've never been up here and and I've you're not going to defile anything just come up here it'll just it'll just help me 
pray for you. And if I can have some ushers with me, come quickly, guys. The rest of you, come close. Come close. You need miracles in your marriage. You need miracles in your home. And those of you who are in the altar, will you just lift your hands right now? And will you do me a favor? Will you believe right now? Y'all, all you prodigal parents, just stand up there. I, I'm, I, I'm fully aware of you, but just let me get this handled. I want you to believe. In fact, close your eyes and believe that God can do the miracle you need. Believe it. Man, I really sense the loving presence of God here tonight. I want you to believe God for a miracle. You desire it. Believe it. Now I want you to receive it. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you have received and then they'll materialize in your life. Miracles. The name of Jesus. Help, help me, Tom. Just help me. I just speak miracles into your life. Miracles. Just take that. Take that. Miracles into your life, lady miracle power of God there it is there it is excellent miracles 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 there it is there it is right there in your life miracle a miracle in your home miracle in your life sir miracles the power of God I break all the shame and the guilt and the toil and the stress and the strain and I release the rest of God in your life man miracle oh God in Jesus name a miracle man a miracle precious lady a miracle right there right there believe it believe it you're like how how don't worry about how trust him there it is for you miracles in your life miracles in your life a miracle in your life thank you Jesus miracle there it is. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive all of it. Receive it. There it is. There it is. Wow. Wow. That's good. Hallelujah. 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 Miracle, sir. A miracle in your life. Go on. Receive that if you want to. Receive it in your life. A miracle, precious lady. Miracles. Miracles in your life. Here we go. Here we go. Miracle right there. Hallelujah. Here we go. Here we go. In the name of Jesus. Miracles. Do a miracle, God. Thank you, Lord. Miracle, man. Miracle, miracle, miracle. Miracles. I release miracles in your life. Miracles in your life. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands. It's all good. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Lord, I just release miracles. The power of God. Let the power of God touch you. In the name of Jesus. There you go. The name of Jesus. Miracles in your life. Miracles, young man. Miracles in your family. I lift the concern and the weight off of your life. Miracles, you guys. Miracles. The miracle working power of God in your homes. Miracle, Don. Miracle, Michelle. Miracle, man. Let God do a miracle. Let God do a miracle. Let God do a miracle. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, precious lady. 
miracles miracles there we go here we go here we go hallelujah miracles right here there we go hallelujah yes oh you got it you got it you got it hallelujah miracles in your life you got it thank you Jesus don't be afraid man God's miracles in your life it's all good miracles right there miracle miracle power miracle power miracles 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 in the home miracles in their life thank you Lord Jesus miracles man miracles man miracles man hallelujah hallelujah miracles in your life all good all good hallelujah hallelujah thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Lord Amen.